Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, dinner time is here. That's right, we're talking about Hannibal Season 2, Episode 12 on Dish by Dish. Well, greetings and salutations, Internet. It's your old pal, Patrick Hamilton, coming to you once again from the Baltimore Institute from the for the Criminally Insane. This is Dish by Dish, Kill by Kill's Hannibal spinoff, where we talk about one episode of Hannibal at a time. We've reached season two and episode 12, the penultimate episode here of this season. And before we go any further, uh, I've invited somebody to the meal. Of course, she's the only person in this world that I trust that uh, if I, you know, need some help picking up a guy and our cohort happens to get stabbed in the leg, she will remind that guy, don't pull the knife out because uh, that's the only thing keeping your blood in. She's the one, the only Gina Radcliffe. How are you doing today, Gina? I came with my with my uh, my cattle prod. <laughs> okay, I, I'm, the I'm ready to prod roll. That we've discussed ad nauseum. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, cattle prods come up a lot, as it turns out. Yes, uh, they're very handy when you're constantly trying to usher people pirate style to walk off the <laughs> the plank into a uh, maze of carnivorous pigs. So I wanted to um, let our listeners know that uh, if you hear anything strange in the background, uh, I am currently riding out. We're here here in uh, the New York City area. We are getting a little touch, a a skosh, as Patrick likes to say, of uh, (laughs) Hurricane Ida. Now, you know, we didn't get nearly as bad as as it's hit in a certain place in the South, but... Yeah, you know, so you know if you hear rain, you hear a lot of police sirens. If you uh, if you hear spooky wind noises, uh, if you hear one of those uh, text message alerts go off, a it's ghost a, of Christmas past or anything. Yeah, it, it's not just you know noise we thought we'd add in just for for, for <laughs> atmosphere. That's actually happening. <laughs> uh, I wish uh, we would get some rain. That would be neato. Oh, you want some of our rain? We've had plenty. Yeah, I would love some of your rain. If you could ship it up and send it on over, that would be totes cools, y'all. I'll send um, I'll send it to you in one of those uh, kegs that people use to like you know, pour water over coaches after the team wins the big game. <laughs> Have you ever felt a moment so victorious that you thought, I need a Gatorade bath afterwards? <laughs> I don't know. I never never won the big game. (laughs) A couple days ago, I got us in the virtual queues of both Web Slingers and Rise of Resistance when we were at Disneyland. And at that moment, I thought, yeah, I could do a Gatorade bath. I'm that good. (laughs) (laughs) Boarding group six, motherfuckers. Just be just lifted up on on other dad's shoulders. Yeah. (laughs) Listen, you've never experienced Disneyland until you've put on two masks to walk around anyways um of course just one you know a cloth mask and the other one my michael myers mask um so tome wan uh the penultimate episode of hannibal this episode is kind of uh still for the first three acts it's a lot of painterly uh visages of people not moving very much because once we get up to the fourth and fifth act there's a whole lot of movement to it um, and it's it's kind of typified by these characters being anchored in 
place. Like, this is the stance we've taken. I'm going to convert you into being a serial killer so we can be friends forever. I'm into that, but I'm also into catching you, and I can't decide which, and (laughs) people just frozen in place. They don't want to make a move because the next move they make either could be their last or the only shot they get at taking down the Chesapeake Ripper. Yeah, I mean, everything is, you know, set in place, and now they're just all waiting. Everybody's waiting. It's almost as if, because the episode ends, and it's weird to start at an ending, but I think it relates because it rhymes like poetry, as the bard George Lucas once said. Um, at the end of the episode, he is he's sketching a statue, a relief um, from Italy, and I think they're trying to evoke that in those first three acts of people kind of sitting still and in the moments before a tragedy is about to take place. Now, tragedy is in the eye of the beholder, but there could have been any number of tragedies that took place in this particular episode because it's fraught with tension and the possibility that someone's going to get at by some pigs. Yeah. It's, it's the end of an epic saga. And we still have one more episode to go, people. So Will has really let, out the lead as it were in his sort of fishing um, metaphor that he's evoked many times this season. That he's a good fisherman and he knows how to hook his prey. It, does he really, it's very confusing at this point, whether or not Will actually does want to catch Hannibal or whether or not the temptation is simply too strong to become Hannibal. I think that he, certainly when he um, frees him, when, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of jumping ahead to later in the episode. Well, but we can the, jump all the way around. I don't know, you know, the plot of the first third of this is a bunch of people sitting around talking about their feelings. Yeah, I mean, so. we, we, we know at this point that there's going to be a confrontation, at least between Hannibal and Jack, because that was shown at the beginning of the season. Yeah. So, you know, we know that that's coming either, you know, it's coming very soon. Yes. Um, so it's sort of uh, you know, the, the calm before the storm, as it were. But I think that when, you know, in, in, implausibly, it would seem that uh, um, Mason Verger's henchmen managed to, to overpower Hannibal and, and kidnap him. Uh, yeah. With the intent of feeding him to the pigs, as yes. uh, as as Mason has you know been planning for his entire creepy life, um, and also it really annoys me that he says the pigs go e e e all the way home. It's wee wee wee. <laughs> Come on, man. Listen, he's not uh, plugged all the way in. You know what I mean? <laughs> there's there's something dangling. There's a the connections are not entirely made inside of Mason Virtue. What, what kind of freak says E-E-E all the way home? The kind of freak that opens a camp for uh, underprivileged kids and then torments them and tricks maybe their tears. assaults them. Yeah. And drinks their tears. Drinks their tears. It's a whole thing. You know? I'm just thinking about that. Uh, it reminded me of that Stephen King short story. Um, I think it's called The Library Policeman. Oh, yeah, I mean, I haven't read that in uh, probably since it came I think out. That, I Is think that Nightmares the, and Dreamscapes? Yeah, I, I think yeah. the creature in that uh, drank t- drank children's tears and 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 
by the same method, sort of like just terrorizing them and then and then making them cry and drinking their tears. Right. Yeah, that does sound familiar. I mean, the, the, the funny thing is, though, is that I mean, you have a child. I I had you know she's an adult, but you know I remember when she was a child. Mm-hmm. It's very easy to make a child cry. <laughs> You know? Oh yeah. I, I mean, it's a question of you know maybe serving them you know the wrong shape macaroni and cheese. <laughs> you don't have to tell them that their parents don't love them anymore, or that there's a monster in their closet, or anything like that. You just you know you just take something out of their hand that they want. Yeah. Uh, we introduced uh, Oliver to his new middle school, so we've we've crossed that Rubicon. So it's been emotionally fraught around these parts because, you know, that's a big tradition uh, transition and middle schools just suck. They, they oh just, yeah. It's the worst. It's a terrible, terrible time to be a person because the person you are is constantly changing. Uh, you don't want people to look at you. You're desperate for people to look at you. It's um, you know, all that stuff wrapped up. And I thought, maybe there was the possibility of, of more tears because Oliver is actually in touch with his emotions. I've worked very hard for him to be the opposite of me at that age where I bottled everything up into a, a small Mexican Coke bottle in the center of my chest. And it just constantly burst glass everywhere uh, under pressure. Uh, but part of that, I, I thought I can, this won't be as hard because from the time he was a kid, he was like just very in touch emotionally and, and easily presenting that way that he was born. The doctor said there's a blockage in his tear ducts and that, so don't worry if he cries and there's not actual tears, they will, it'll clear itself, you know, within a month or two. And the, you know, 13 hours after he's born, the blockage popped out of his, his tear ducts forcefully like a champagne cork (laughs) and (laughs) tears 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 and it's been tears ever since and he's i'm much happier having a kid who's in touch with his emotions than not but um yeah it doesn't it it doesn't take much for those two to naturally get the going you know yeah yeah, no, I mean, you you could probably serve, you probably would have been able to serve yourself up a whole bunch of delicious child tier martinis at this you know, point. You know, that's true. I wasn't into mixology at the time. I was more of a... <laughs> but I, I we, we really got off track, uh, as we always do. And, and let me mention <laughs> that my daughter, as well, was born with a blocked tear duct. So, so oh, it's another, oh another bizarre thing we have in common. <laughs> Gina, Jesus Christ. Are we like mirror twins? It is very odd. <laughs> um, but when it seems like that Hannibal you know, may be overtaken, of course we know he could that couldn't possibly happen. Mm-hmm. I think I think you know will freeze him largely because you know he doesn't want that opportunity taken away from him. Yes. You know, all the people who who gets you know gets to take a shot at Hannibal out there, it is not gonna be Mason fucking Verger. Yeah, I also feel like it's um, partially it's the whole how, you know, if he's left there with against three other guys, he's kind of defenseless. Um, so well, it's two, well, two, the one guy, well, two, the one guy died. No, well, but he's got another guy. There's a third. Was there a third, the third guy? The third guy, because Mason is not part of the group that picks up um, Hannibal from his office. There's there's a third guy there. Oh, there was a third guy. Okay. Oh, right, right, right. That was Mateo. Mateo. And then the other guy with the 
with the ball cap on. He he survives that encounter with Hannibal. He does not survive another. And um, so, like, he's kind of surrounded a little bit. So it, it is smart to kind of, like, uh, even the odds a little bit. And then there's the rude element. So it is rude for Mason Verger to assume that he can kill Hannibal and not Will himself. And so as the sort of slowly mirror Hannibal, um, you know, Will takes his shot and amazingly is able to get him out of that straitjacket with one swipe of a knife. But again, we're not watching reality. We're watching Hannibal, everyone. Right, exactly. Yeah, in terms of not watching reality, um, we we uh, we have a brief moment until uh, uh, and we don't see her again until the end of the episode with uh, with Margot, yeah. and she is uh, looking at her scar from her recent hysterectomy. I mean, they took everything, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and she's like, she's like, oh, they could have done this with a, a, a with laparoscopy, but you know, he told them they he he told the doctors to leave a scar, and it's like, okay, where is he finding these doctors? I mean, like, it's a whole like going this going back to the last episode, but it's this whole like it's it's, it's like a team of doctors, yeah, that 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 you know are taking money to mutilate someone. <laughs> Well, the price is right, I suppose. Um, and Mason spares no expense when it comes to mutilating his own sister. Um, and we're recording this on a day in which Texas and somehow the Supreme Court decided bodily autonomy of women is just not something we need to worry about right now and just let it slide. And I'm telling you, I'm very um, scared. Uh, for friends in Texas. I'm scared for friends in Republican-led states who are going to try to replicate this. It is, if you think this is fantastical, this is basically the dramatic reinterpretation of what is happening in our country. Margot should not be forced to have a hysterectomy. She should be allowed to have a child if she wishes. That freedom is taken from her for no other reason is that someone else a man has power. And as a result, doctors do what this asshole says. And it's, it's really fucking gross that, uh, this particular episode, which, you know, aired years ago is so much more relevant right now because of the circumstances we find ourselves in. Yeah. Our you know, large parts of our country are currently being governed by a bunch of, uh, Mason Burgers. Yes. Uh, you know, sociopathic, uh, enjoy tormenting children, mm, enjoy yes. torment, enjoy tormenting women, mm-hmm. you know, have, have no, have no, you know, obsessed with, uh, father figures. <laughs> yeah. Yes. It's, it's just a fucking gross and wrong. And so it, 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 look at looking at it in terms of that, it might make the ending of this episode pretty satisfying. Yes. Yes. In terms of that, it is a bit of divine justice, as it were. Um, And well, let's get to it. Um, Because Will and Hannibal are, they're weirdly both in check in terms of like the kind of chess moves they're making. And we get this one little sequence in which Will is talking to Freddie Lowndes because the plot requires him to do so. And, um, she's like, uh, 
he's he basically tells her, you can write about me all you want, but please do not write about Abigail. Just let that one go. Let her rest. Let her memory rest, right? Don't expose what happened between her and her father. She was abused. It was an abusive relationship. And an exposure of that particular truth does not serve to indict her father. It more it, All it does is damage her, and she was damaged enough by Hannibal. Um, and she's kind of like, I don't know that you are equipped to outthink Hannibal. <laughs> and um, that brings up the question, is will truly outside of that psychic pushing control because he wobbles constantly. It's difficult to say because he's sort of, he's been stripped of his moral code at this point. Mm -hmm. And I I think there's a part of him that there's, there's, I think there's still a a part of him that, that, you know, at least thinks he's working on the side of good, even even though you know so many people have been you know, affected, you know, about outright killed due to his you know, inadvertently inadvertent at times actions mm-hmm. in this, yeah. and there's no possible way, no good way to end this is the problem. You know, you know, he he's in it now. There's, yeah. there's, there's no way he can go back and tell, tell Jack, yeah, you know what? Catch him yourself. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go, I'm going to go to like, you know, be, uh, but the Bahamas for a little while, get some R and R. I mean, he really needs yeah. it. He's entitled yes. to it. He needs to fix some boat motors, motors for crying out loud. Yeah. Yeah. And, and here's the, 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 uh, the difference between this will and the will of Manhunter. Mm-hmm. is we don't really get to see he does get hyper focused in in manhunter mm-hmm. but not to the point where he seems to be forgetting himself yes and, right. and not to the point where he is you know hell and gone past you know abiding by the law and worrying about whether or not any of this is going to hold up in court or anything like that which it almost certainly would not um <laughs> Uh, you know, he's just, you know, he's got a job to do and he's doing, he's just hyper-focused where mm-hmm. Will, as you said, is is 100% in the paint. Yeah. Yes. Um, and just to spice this up a little bit, we have the return of Dr. Bedelia de Meyer, uh, who reappears now under FBI uh, protection uh, with her past crime being given a pass by the authorities for information that she has, which is scant (laughs) we still don't learn what exactly happened between her and hannibal's former patient who was sent off to kill her and then she you know kills him in self-defense and then kind of chokes him on his own tongue (laughs) is what we're getting to is that a i mean are we can we can we say that's a reference to multiple bigs yeah i but multiple bigs is convinced to swallow his own tongue, whereas Doctor Bedelia had to cut it off and stuff it down this dude's gullet. How can I? How can I get that power? <laughs> I honestly don't know. Like it's uh, it's not enumerated any more in the book than it is in the movie. So, but we we do know 
that Hannibal is able to get inside people's heads. So if he tells you, oh, yeah, I'm this psychologist you never met before who walks with a cane. You're like, okay, if I see that guy, I'm going to shoot him. And (laughs) and in the next episode, we we have another person who's driven a particular way because of of how he's able to convince them uh, one way or the other. And uh, so... I yeah we don't we don't know anymore but what she does say that Hannibal influences others to kill so my question to you is does she know that Hannibal is the Chesapeake Ripper or does she only know that Hannibal manipulates his patients to kill I think she knows you th- deep down she knows yeah I, th- I think she knows because there's not necessarily a ton connecting those modus operandi. You know what I mean? I I think that, you know, we, we don't really, we only get a small sampling of their sessions together. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think that she, you know, probably thinks that by not saying anything, she's, you know, going by the, the you know, the, the, the rules of you know, not revealing anything a patient says in confidence. Mm-hmm. And because, you know, he would trust her not to do that because it would be rude otherwise. Yeah. True, true. Uh, It's a pickle, that's for sure. And someone else who's in a real pickle is Jack. Uh, In order to keep Will undercover as becoming a serial killer, (laughs) he's withholding a ton of information from his superiors with the hopes that if they nail Hannibal as the Chesapeake Ripper, that'll be enough to skate by now of course they've caught the che- quote-unquote chesapeake ripper twice now <laughs> yeah so yeah i i think honestly you know i i i, I love jack I, I think he means well but i think you know you basing this on no i really mean it this is the guy this time <laughs> <You know? laughs> I, I i don't really know how 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 far he thought he could take this yes and um, his former protege is almost his Abigail, right? This per- this this quote unquote innocence that you lost to a serial killer, and you're like, no matter what happens, I gotta nail this guy because I have to avenge this happening. Um, and I think that pushes him over the edge to kind of you know, find some specific way to figure this out. And he's kind of thrown off that trail, you know, for a second by Alana's relationship to Hannibal. Now that's one person who doesn't really appear in this episode is Alana. I assume she's just like pissed off at the world right now. She's a little confused. I, I, I understand. But yeah. the thing, the thing is, with the Chesapeake Ripper is, it is, it is remarkable to me that, that Jack has even still on this case at this point, because the first person who was believed to be the Chesapeake Ripper ended up, you know, being found half, half at in someone's house. Right. Yeah. And then the second person believed to be the Chesapeake Ripper, you know, got shot in the face and is presumed dead. Yeah, right. Because we haven't seen him there hasn't really been a lot of competing serial killers to go after. So I think this is maybe the one thing left on the FBI's serial killer docket. But there are are a lot of FBI agents though. Yeah. I mean, if you're, if you're, if you know, I could see cases getting tossed out of court or, 
you know, someone being you cleared by the evidence, but you know, if you have two of your suspects wind up, you know, horrifically dead and, and, and at least presumed dead, mm-hmm. you know, maybe there's something going on and they ought to put somebody else on this case. I agree with you. But again, we do not come to Hannibal for reality. Well, we no. come to Yeah, I really need to, particularly, particularly next season, I really need to stop with the, can you believe this? <laughs> what are they even doing here? And when, no. I, when, when I say that, I, I mean it with love. I'm just like, <laughs> I'm just amazed by what is even going on here. Speaking of being amazed by what's going on here, um, Mason Verger tries to kill Hannibal via a pig eaten. Um, that does not go well for him because uh, Will turns the tables. Hannibal uh, manages to uh, <laughs> overcome Carlo, uh, the man with the pig plan, uh, and feeds him to the pigs. And when they raise up the upper half of him out of that pit, it looks like something out of Return of the Living Dead. Like there are no <laughs> bones on the bottom half of his body. It is just like like birthday party streamers are hanging off of them. Yeah. <laughs> like in the background, all you can hear, do you want a pahardas? <laughs> Brains. <laughs> um, what I didn't remember about how this how season two sort of lays out in my in my mind palace my decrepit mind palace Mason and the, what happens to him happens in the final episode. And spoiler yeah, alert, I thought that too. I was wrong. I thought that too. <laughs> yeah. We were both wrong. Um, and speaking of spectacular things, you can't believe is being broadcast. Um, Hannibal kidnaps oh Mason. Oh my God. <laughs> and gives him a gas mask full of psychotropic, hallucinogenics okay i i want to stop you there for a second mm-hmm. uh i'm i'm kind of a square with uh controlled substances sure have you ever tried um uh, a psychedelic drug no um a pot is about as close to trippy as i get i am uh, probably like you a little bit too much of a square to go in that direction i just don't uh i, I don't want to be trapped in a place well, we can't get out of. I just assume. And I, just assume I feel it's always, like I'm dumb enough to have that happen to me. I just always assume it's going to be like in uh, in Walk Hard, sure. where where he has the bad trip and like the the giant hands giving the middle finger come out of the ground and all that would be like mm-hmm. that, that would be like me. Um, yes, I, I. It would not be like uh, Homer when he he eats the the prison chili and he goes on a, a vision quest. Like oh, I don't <laughs> foresee that happening. Speaking of. Homer, um, yes. I couldn't help when they when they, when when uh, when Mason breathes in the um the 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 drug, which I guess he, yeah. he aerosolized it. I could yes. not help but think of every time somebody eats the rib witch, <laughs> and it's like a close because it's got the thing with like you know shows the you know the blood run through the veins, the heart beating, a close up of the, the pupils dilating. I'm like, this is fucking rib witch. <laughs> <laughs> And, and you know what? I, I would not even be shocked if that was, you know, supposed to be evocative. I mean, obviously it's supposed to be evocative of, um, uh, my God, Requiem for a Dream. Yeah. Which of course is yeah. what Rib Witch is, is, is making fun of. If you could, <laughs> if you could make fun of a movie like Requiem for a Dream. But, um, the reason why I was asking, I wanted to know if, if that's actually what it's like. Oh, uh, you know, I just, 
I don't know. I, 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 here's spoiler alert, everyone. Uh, weed is legal in California. Um, and I didn't start, uh, imbibing weed until my 30th uh, birthday celebration, <laughs> which a friend of mine said, if you were ever going to smoke pot, I really want to be there because I want to see what happens to all of this when it's actually high. And um, meaning the anxious weirdo <laughs> would over talk with his hands and talk obsessively about Friday the 13th characters to no one who wanted to listen. And um, so when I did the closest I ever got, cause that first time you're smoking pot, you're smoking so much of it um, to, even feel the effects. I've never smoked as much as I did that particular night, but that night I did quote unquote, maybe see God in a television. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to say that didn't happen, but I also remember it, you know, not like, not like Barry Gibb, uh, Jesus or anything like that, but like, you know, it's zoomed into sort of an infinity loop. And I'm, I'm like, I think we should turn that television off. Whatever is happening here, it's not really something I need to see. I'm going to I'll die. either look at it for the rest of my life or it needs to go away. A, a hand's um, going to come out and reach towards me. Yes. That is also when I learned uh, that first time that I don't get the munchies. Um, weed is a great appetite suppressant for me. <laughs> I have the opposite Lucky effect you. everyone else. Okay. Uh, and I don't know because I don't get to experience that. Oh, food tastes so much better, quote unquote, or whatever satisfaction you get from that process. I don't, I don't get to have. So okay. that's about as, as hallucinogenic as it's ever gotten for me. And I've never gone back, but for him, it's sparklers. <laughs> Things are freaking out. It's, and it's so uh, Hannibal's got a pig head at one point. Yeah. And, um, I, then he goes over, he's sent off to <laughs> Will's place, uh, where Will finds him feeding his dogs pieces of his face. How? How did this get on television? I don't know. How? I really don't fucking know. And it gets worse from there. Oh, yes. When Hannibal shows up, is like, and he's like, I'm hungry. He's like, well, why don't you eat your own nose? And he's like, all right. Sounds like an idea. And he does. And I'm like, the sound that this half skeleton makes eating his own nose is, uh, I'm going to hear it probably at a moment in time that I don't feel well. Let's put it that way. <laughs> and he's still like cracking jokes like, Haha, I'm full of myself. I mean, it. <clears throat> I haven't had, I had this... I'm very easy to cringe, I guess, as the kids say. Um, so like w watching white Lotus or anything, I, I often do it through my fingers. Like I used to watch the office through my fingers too. Anything that has an era, an element of embarrassment to it. I just kind of, I, I can't, Oh my God, this is my worst fear here today. This is a sequence I've seen. <laughs> I'm kind of, I can't, I can't, close my eyes. I can't hide any part of my face because a man has less than half a face left. I mean, he looks like, screen. He, he looks like, like fucking Frank from Hellraiser. Yes. But like, but like, I, like, like everything like, ab like above his nose up is still like 
normal, there. intact, I guess. Yeah. He's made very clean lines. He knows his way around a knife. Well, it's his daddy's knife. It's his daddy's yeah. uh, fat testing knife or whatever <laughs> the hell. Uh, his papa's favorite knife. Yes. Um, and, and, and Hannibal's like, and Hannibal tells him, I was like, oh, I, you know, I, I taught your dogs to taste of flesh. It's like, oh, thanks. Oh, great. Because that's not going to get, that's not going to get weird. Uh, and this incident, I might add, is never mentioned. <laughs> this, this just is like a Tuesday. Yeah. Will, like, Will looks mildly put out, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> He, I, I will say, you know, in his defense, he does look like he had a little. He was holding a little bit of a vomit burp when uh, when uh, Mason ate his nose. But other than that, yeah. just like, yep, yeah, this this is very Hannibal. Yeah, you know, I didn't expect this, but I should have expected something like this, right? Or like the other Jason Bateman. I don't know what I expected. <laughs> <laughs> um. I guess the final question I have for you is the guy who did die in Hannibal's office. Did the Sardinian guys clean that up or did they leave that for fucking Hannibal? Oh, I, they had to have just left it behind. <laughs> but we don't know I what mean, happens to this guy. Like this is never mentioned again. I mean, we, you know, there's a lot of people have died the course of this show. that are just never mentioned again. There's a lot of femoral artery left all over those nice rugs in that office. Yeah, I was gonna like, say you just you just you just tear you're just taking those rugs out. That'll never be clean. Oh my god, that's that's a shit ton of work uh, that's never mentioned. Uh, but that will just about do it, unless you want to choose your own death venture. I was gonna say that if you think there's a lot of blood in this episode, yeah, just wait. Just. Stand by because that's just going to be uh, an unbelievable blood fest, and that will be coming up. It's already in your feed. That's right. It's double the dish by dish uh, every Friday because we have so much going now that it's spooky season. Um, but uh, don't worry, the body count will continue for myself and for Gina. Bye bye, everybody. Bye.